the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team, Mr. Sam. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. W.H. Weiscarver, a recent guest on the show, has pledged 50% of the proceeds from his book Twilight of Empire from sales between October 1st and October 31st to support the Tom Sumner program. W.H. Weiscarver, a former National Security Advisor and counsel for the U.S. Senate Armed Services Committee, pulls no punches, fusing history with political intrigue in Twilight of Empire, the third of four planned novels in the Resurrection Saga series. W.H. Carver's book, Twilight of Empire, shows that the U.S. has all the wealth, science, and resources to solve every issue we face today. Twilight of Empire by W.H. Carver is available on Amazon and Apple Books. For more information and to support the Tom Sumner program, visit whyscarver.com. This is Bear Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to The Tom Sumner Show. Wash my hands I don't touch my face I stay at home Shelter in place Social distance don't go to work I wear a mask and gloves Stay away from church I avoid old folks And should I sneeze I do it in my elbow Or up my sleeve Six feet apart can go back to school I'm washing my hands like a raccoon with OCD I've watched Hulu Roku, Netflix PBS and the BBC I've taken down all my mirrors and I'm sick of what 
Alaska trip to the grocery store to buy a TV and a few things more. But when I get there, all I can find is sixteen honey buns and some mad dog wine. I'm washing my hands like a raccoon with OCD. I've watched Hulu, Roku, Netflix, PBS, and the BBC. I've taken down all my mirrors 'cause I'm sick of what I see. Yeah, two more weeks of this quarantine's gonna be. Death of me, death of me. You know they say this is war, but we don't have to storm Omaha Beach or Pork Chop Hill. And we just lay here on the couch and watch TV. Whew, I'd rather volunteer for a high-risk commando raid to parachute into Wuhan and find that little fellow that ordered that bat soup. I know I'm talking out of my head, saying crazy stuff over and over like. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. At breakfast, I meant to say, "Honey, please pass me the pepper." Well, what slipped out was, "You crazy woman! You've ruined my life." <laughs> of course, I immediately apologized. <laughs> Soon as I regained consciousness. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue uh, my one-on-one conversations with can- uh, candidates for the Flint City Council election that's being held in November, just just about a little tiny bit over a month away. And um, this hour, we're going to be talking to the candidates uh, for the ninth ward seat, and uh, we start out with uh, the incumbent who is on the ballot, unopposed. And uh, she joins me by phone, Ava Worthing. Hi, Ava. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Tom. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. Um, there are some interesting things about this particular uh, city council election cycle. Um, the fact that uh, there were two uh, two city council uh, incumbents that decided not to run for re-election, which left two open seats. A third seat was uh, created when the incumbent, Maurice Davis, uh, didn't make it through the primary. So there are three open seats. You and Eric Mays in the ninth and first wards are unopposed on the ballot. There are over the nine uh, wards something like five write-in candidates, and it's unusual to have even one write-in candidate. And And so I guess my question is... Um, why do you think there's so much um, movement and activity around the city council election? I think that um, maybe it was the coronavirus and people just didn't get their signatures in um, as far as the write-in candidates. What I think what some don't know is that you have to get above and beyond the number that you actually need because uh, some will get thrown out. They're invalid. So they're not registered to vote, or maybe they moved. 
And um, I was out there quite a bit collecting my signatures um, to get probably like three times as many as that I needed. But it also gave me a chance to talk to uh, people in my ward. And, uh, you know, with being at home and not in the meetings, you don't get to see and talk with people uh, as much. So I, I really enjoyed that process. So with uh, Eric Mays in the first ward, it, I think it was the same thing. Uh, her, his writing candidate thought she had the signatures that uh, she needed but fell short. And then as far as Maurice Davis, um, I think some of his, uh, just like how he has presented himself on the council uh, and some of the things he said really kind of made that nudge and he didn't even make it in the primary i thought i um, thought it was his support for donald trump yeah i, I think <laughs> so too <laughs> it's not a very popular opinion here in flint and so i wasn't going to say it but you're right <laughs> that's exactly it um <laughs> uh, because by and large, Maurice was pretty popular with his uh, constituency going in, and he's generally pretty uh, pretty well liked around town outside of council. And then all of a sudden, he supported Trump, which was like a no go in you know in yep. in just about every circle in Flint. Well, and he talks about it a lot on council, which I think is a negative yeah, uh, because yeah, people don't want to hear about it. And yeah. he switched alliances. I mean, it's not, we're called clicks or whatever by Mr. Mays, but uh, you never knew, like, who he was going to side with. Uh, it was kind of, like, wishy-washy. So I think that, too, turned off voters because they didn't really, they didn't understand him and how he was going to vote and why he was doing what he was doing. Well, let me ask you this, since you brought up the idea of, of cliques and the, and the divisions on the council. From the outside looking in, and, and I'm sure you've seen the posts and, and the comments and, and all of that. Um, but from the outside looking in, it looks like the council is, is pretty dysfunctional and it's difficult to get things done and meetings run into the wee hours of the morning and things that were supposed to get done don't always get done in the time that they should and it it makes me wonder and and i ask a lot of candidates this incumbents and newbies um why would you want to go back eva (laughs) i ask myself that question quite a lot uh Because it is absolutely, it is an abusive work environment. I have never worked with anyone um, in any job and it be this contentious. You know, I teach during the day, and I actually really love that job. Uh, but I also care about my city, and the, it, the compares, there is no comparison. You know, I'm teaching students, we're having a great time together, and then you dread, you know, working on the council, because just what should be little issues like garbage become huge issues with this particular council. And it's, it's grudges, personal. It's, it's not even really what's best for constituents. It is, uh, it's really just very personal. And it's sad, you know. Uh, it's hard to maintain professionalism as well when you're in such a horrible environment. Well, and what I would it... That- 
what would it take to, I, I, I just wanted to refocus what you were saying and talking about, um, what would it take to redirect the council into a more professional, organized pattern of behavior? I think many people don't understand the politics of it and say, hey, you should control the council, and you can't. You have to have five votes. Five out of the nine votes will um, that will side with civility, that will say, hey, we will not put up with this type of behavior. You have to have the majority of the members of council. And right now, a majority support long meetings, harassment of staff and contractors for the city. Uh, they support behavior that really should not be supported in any context. Uh, and, and it's sad. So, honestly, these elections are super important because if we vote the same people that are voting for uh, chaos and uh, just really it's rude and a horrible environment, then nothing's going to change. So I, I really do urge everyone in their own wards to research their candidates because uh, it's not the whole council that needs to be thrown away. I know typically politicians get thrown in together and say, throw them all out. It, you have to know who is trying to work together in a civilized manner um, and then who is just choosing to hold grudges and refusing to get along. What do you think the, the issues and the priorities should be going forward? You know, we, we don't get a lot of the city business done. Um, there are people who will not do business with us because they don't want to go before our council uh and and it makes me sad uh and mad honestly our our city deserves better so there's so many things that we could do and put our energy in um or on uh to make the city function better you know new ordinances to try to get away away from um people who try to hold a business in their home and there's lots of traffic and, you know, those are things that my constituents are worried about and I deal with, um, you know, more police on the streets, like coming together and uh, working together to find solutions to our everyday problems. But instead, it just becomes a focus on what someone said last week or, um, you know, a personal grudge with the administration and, and then it just gets out of hand and nothing gets done. There's a ordinance right now that has been postponed and postponed about drag racing. And then they'll say, oh, we need more discussion. No discussion ever happens. It's just postponed, 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 so grudges can be aired instead of actually getting the business done. And if we can get at least five members on council that will say, hey, let's, Let's work together and let's uh, put our energy on the city and not ourselves. Uh, then, then good things can happen. And that's really why I'm running again is because I, I have to have hope that we'll get those five this come November. More with the incumbent candidate for Flint City Council in the ninth ward, Ava Worthing. Straight ahead. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner.
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You are, you've always got great questions and you know the material and you, and you care about it and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Hello. Speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection.
Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to Tom Sumner Program. More with the incumbent candidate for Flint City Council in the 9th Ward, Ava Worthing, straight ahead. Do you think the city of Flint has the resources it needs to meet uh, the needs of, of residents and constituents um, and, and get on a, on a path toward a, a sustainable future? I think the COVID relief fund money uh, can help us do that. We are, we're just underfunded for police. It, we don't have enough police and enough resources to do, you know, noise complaints, uh, that type of thing. And those may sound insignificant compared to a murder. However, it is quality of life. If someone is keeping you up until 4 a.m. with their loud music, uh, that affects everything. Uh, you can't work. You know, you can't concentrate. And I want to be able to help, you know, my constituents in that area by referring it to police. But we've had so much increase in, cr- in crime uh, due to the virus. And, and so I'm really hoping that the COVID relief money can help us uh, get a leg up because we need to start uh, not only staffing positions that are unfilled, but we need to uh, start ticketing uh, for infractions and make money uh, so that we can keep that service up, keep our police, uh, and keep our city solvent. So if we can at least get that just little bump to get us on that uh, road to making money, then, yeah, we can be, uh, you know, we can have the resources that we need. But as of right now, we don't. Well, the the money from uh, President Biden's um, uh, what what is it called the Recovery Act? Yes. Um, There's a a lot of money that's that's already there. How how could that be? And it's a one time shot. How could it be invested in a way that um, could make enough of a difference in Flint that Flint might be attractive to bring in? businesses and and job creators like i said if we can put those resources um not only like for police because i do think a police presence uh will make others feel safe and attracted to the area but also blight if we can put our uh money there and help clean up uh the city and get some of those problems taken care of then um, it can give us that leg up, um, you know, finding people uh, because they have, you know, a dead car in their driveway. Um, there's a lot more serious infractions or collecting past due water bills. And I know the water crisis prevented us from doing that for a while, but there are commercial accounts that we're just now starting to collect on. So we have this huge deficit due to the water crisis and mismanagement of um, the water fund. But if we can use those COVID relief funds um, in any way to help us get ahead, uh, then then we can, you know, continue that path. Another thing is uh, I think we're going to need relief from the state and federal level on our pension plans because that is really what is hindering us. We um, don't have enough money to cover our legacy costs. And and that's because we, we don't get enough funding from the state. And so if, 
if we get enough people um, to complain and put an ear in, which elected officials have, um, maybe they could fund us a, a bit more and we could get some relief in that area as well. Well, you know, you mentioned the the water crisis, and of course after that we ended up going through a contentious period of time where we were going to go with KWA, the Karanandi Water Authority, and then um, that that was altered and, and we ended up going back to Detroit as our primary water source and always with the understanding that we had to have a secondary water source, but there were a lot of people that were adamantly against Flint participating in the Karanandi Water Authority. And now, looking in from the outside, Ava, it it looks like 25% of the water that's coming out of the tap is coming from the KWA. How did that happen? Mm-hmm. I, I, am I understanding it correctly? Because I'm confused. No. no um, well, right now we are... Tapping into the KWA as a backup source, but we we do still um, go through Gliwa. The the thing is, is that uh, Gliwa is uh, charging a lot more. I was a no vote on this uh, than the KWA. They've gotten lowered rates, and we've gotten increased water rates. And uh, the unfortunate thing was how the whole process went down and. I'm hoping sometime in the future that the council uh, or the city could fight how that happened because we're locked into a deal now with larger water rates, uh, and a judge pretty much forced the council to make that decision. He told us what our vote should be and had to be in order to be in compliance with the court, and that was for Gliwa. I still voted no, uh, and so I, I feel that it was an injustice all the way around, not only um, our poisoned water, but having to choose Gliwa, which was more expensive, uh, in the first place. So that was my very first vote coming into council. It was very stressful, and I, and I didn't fully understand why the judge was saying, hey, you must make this decision. And I think that could be uh, something that could be fought in the future. Well, and it would have to be quite a fight because it's a 30-year contract, isn't it? Yes, and that's another thing. The length of the contract is so long. Uh, it's it's just a horrible burden for the city. Okay, here's another thing I'm confused about, Ava, and maybe you can help straighten me out. <laughs> Who should be collecting the trash? Well, starting tomorrow, <laughs> priority. <laughs> I am so glad we got that deal through. It took multiple meetings and, uh, you know, until 1 and 2 a.m. to get this sorted out. But uh, I'm very excited. Priority has a good reputation uh, thus far. And they're collecting waste and uh, yard waste and recyclables every week now. So it was on a rotating basis, and, and now we'll get it every week. So I'm excited. Is um, and and what's to become of the the challenge to the bid process from uh, what is it GFL? GFL. So just to give a little background about GFL, is that uh, they bought out Rizzo after the indictments and all of that. So there are still some people that worked for Rizzo that works for GFL. 
and they contested the bid uh, because they were the lowest bidder, uh, and but administration didn't choose them. But as council members started inquiring, we found out that it was a blind bid process. Uh, so there was a six-member board, and I know that our DPW director was the one person on the board. I don't know any of the others. Um, but they wrote down who they thought it was, and they didn't, each of them did not know what the other one had voted. And also, they didn't know the names of the companies. So even though we had a bad track record with Rizzo um, and GFL, you know, falls along those lines, uh, they still voted for priority not knowing who they were voting for based on reliability and services provided and all the criteria on their checklist. So there's absolutely no wrongdoing. And council voted uh, to drop that process so that we could continue on with priority. And so uh, as far as I know, that, that should be done with and, and there should be no more problems. Ava, we're almost out of time, and I, uh, you know, as you know, I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your campaign as you run for re-election for the, your seat uh, in the Ninth Ward on the City Council. Um, do you have a website? I don't have a website, but I do have a Facebook, Eva Worthing, uh, Ninth uh, Ward Flint City Council. And then um, I, they can also reach me by my cell, 810-210-8347. Texting is good, too. I, I like text because I can uh, take those a lot quicker. Um, but they can reach me by phone, or I will take messages on Facebook. Well, Ava, it's it's great talking with you again. I appreciate you spending this time with me and the listeners. Uh, good luck to you, and keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Bye. That was uh, Ninth Ward City Council person Ava Worthing. She is uh, running for re-election in the uh, November election. Um, and uh, we'll have more of our one-on-one -on -one conversations with uh, candidates for city council um, as, as the show continues. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back with more right after this. Old-fashioned radio For a new generation TomSumnerProgram.com the Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com Armchair Politics is going to hell. Hell, Michigan, that is, and you are invited. On October 27th, Wednesday before Halloween, Armchair Politics will be broadcasting live from 9 a.m. to noon from the Hell Saloon in Hell, Michigan, near Pinckney. 
This will be our first in-person meeting of the Tom Sumner Program's weekly roundtable armchair politics since the beginning of the pandemic. Join me and roundtable regulars Flint's premier political pundit Paul Rosicki on the left and longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter on the right, plus more on Wednesday, October 27, 2021, starting at 9 a.m. at the Hell Saloon. Armchair politics is going to hell, and you can too. everybody this is the Tom Sumner program and we uh, continue my one-on-one conversations with candidates for Flint City Council that election being decided in November and uh, this hour we're looking at candidates in the ninth ward and um, there is a write-in candidate for uh, a seat on the council from the from the ninth ward steve barber is his name and he joins me by phone hi steve welcome to the show good afternoon how are you um steve this is uh, an unusual election cycle there are three open seats where uh in the second ward for example maurice davis didn't make it through the primary and then in ward three uh santino guerrero decided not to run again in ward six uh uh, Herb Winfrey decided not to run again. So there are three open seats, but it's unusual to have a write-in candidate in a uh, city council election, let alone five over the nine wards. Um, what do you think it says that there's so much activity around this uh, this election cycle? Well, I, I would like to, uh, first of all, thank you for having me on. And um, to, to answer the question, um, I think it shows that people are paying attention. Um, it, it shows that people are listening and, and that people want a better Flint. Um, and now whether they, uh, you know, qualified, submitted qualified petitions to make the ballot or whether they uh, submitted a 
uh, intent of declaration uh, or declaration of intent uh, as a write-in uh, for their award, um, it shows that they're involved. And in, in, um, at the very minimum, I think the city deserves that credit, is that we are involved. Do you think the fact that there are so many write-in candidates this time, Steve, will maybe make voters a little more likely to consider writing someone in? Uh, possibly. I I, uh, I can say that uh, many of the write-ins have been making more noise than those that are on the ballot. So, <laughs> I think you're uh, right um, about that, Steve. Uh, and, and rightfully so. Um, you know, typically... Uh, media does not really include write-ins uh, very often. It's it's not a, a standard amongst the industry. And so they they do have to kind of put extra effort into, um, you know, getting their name out there. Um, and, and so uh, I think, you know, with, with this election, I think it's important to look at every single candidate that is um, qualified and, and legally uh you know, set to to be uh, nominated for. Well, it's it it's in some ways it's asking a lot of a voter um, who they typically go into uh, their polling place and they check a box and <laughs> and they head out. Um, but to ask a voter to write a name in, it's uh, asking a little bit more. How are you campaigning and encouraging people to take that extra step? And what kind of responses are you getting from people? Well, one of the biggest concerns that I've I've heard throughout my campaign is is the unresponsiveness from our current representatives. And so when I'm out campaigning, I am engaging with the residents and um giving them my contact information and, you know, pledging to them that I'm, I'm going to do whatever I can and within my power, whether I'm on council or not, to resolve their issues. Um, a lot of these issues uh, are, are really simply resolved by phone calls or a few emails. And so um, to, to get somebody to, to write my, my name, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it is asking them to, to take an extra step, but, um, you know, with, with the example that I've given, uh, of, of being a leader and a community builder, getting things done in the community, um, not just showing up for the bare minimum. Uh, I, I think that that says a lot. And, and so I hope that, uh, the ninth ward residents take that into the bolts and write my name out, Steve Barber, and uh, hopefully I, I earn their their trust to represent them. With all the negativity that surrounds the the city council uh, about meetings running into the wee hours of the morning and not always getting done what they set out to do, and and all of that. Um, why would you even be attracted to a seat on the council, Steve? I appreciate that question. I've, I've been asked that a lot, and and uh, in, in different forms. And the the thing that that drives me the most is that I really think that we deserve better. Um, I think that uh, there are far too many egos currently on council, 
and and that gets in the way of business uh, being taken care of for the residents, um, both for the ninth ward and and the rest of the other eight wards. Um, it's it's been consistent, and and so I'm coming into this without an ego, um, being inclusive and empathetic to the citizens that I serve, and 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 making sure that everybody. Um, is able to reach out and be heard and and be responded to um, and acknowledged. Um, it's one thing that I find in in all of my past jobs or, or projects, people really just like to be heard and and acknowledged. And so, um, I think that's a simple task. And and so, getting you know coming in without a, an ego. And um, with the, the mission being uh, taking care of the business and um, doing what is right for, for the residents of the Ninth Ward and, and the city of Flint as a whole. Now that you've shown an interest in, in getting a seat on the, the Flint City Council, are you watching them closely and and? kind of getting up to speed on the things that that are going on there and what what do you see when you look in on it in terms of uh, uh, really a couple of different things one is um, the the good things that are being done the bad things that are being done um, but also uh, as potential to learn how to behave more professionally. Yeah. So, so when it comes to professionalism, I think that's, that's real simple and and straightforward and, and whether people abide by it or not is, is another story. Having professional conduct and, and, um, not letting emotion get to you. Uh, and I know that can be hard. Um, at times, but I think um, a lot of the times the current council gets personal and this isn't about any of them and, and, and or I. And, and so once you really understand that and, and account for that, I think you get rid of a lot of the issues when you're looking at the, the whole pie of people that we serve and, and um, they come in all different, um, you know, creeds. And, and, and so um, various issues, my, my biggest issues aren't the next person's biggest issues. They may have um, no issues or greater issues. And so um, we really have to take that into account and, and be inclusive and, um, get rid of that ego. And so if, if I were to earn the trust of the public for, for a seat on city council, that's, that's the main thing that I would aim to eliminate is, is ego and personal, um, conflict. Uh, it's, it's what is best for the people. It might not be, it might not serve my interests necessarily, but if it's the greater public's, uh, best interest then you know that's that's the action that should be taken and so i hope i answered the question yeah i think you did steve more with flint city council ninth ward right in candidate steve barber straight ahead 
Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Bye from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. The Tom Sumner Program is made possible with support from Seth David Radwell, a recent guest on the program and author of American Schism, How the Two Enlightenments Hold a Secret to Healing Our Nation, released in July 2021. As Publishers Weekly writes in its recent glowing review of American Schism, business executive Radwell's epic debut examines the historical influences that have led to what he sees as the collapse of politics in the United States. Seth Radwell makes the case that the current chasm between the American right and left can be traced back to the 18th century's Age of Enlightenment and the basic tenets of liberty, equality, and reason. American Schism provides a historical perspective that can help bridge current day divides. American Schism by Seth David Radwell is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. For more information, go to AmericanSchismBook.com. 
MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. The uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with Flint City Council 9th Ward write-in candidate Steve Barber straight ahead. Aside from conducting themselves more professionally, um, what do you think the priorities of the City Council should be issue-wise going forward? Well, I think accountability needs to be at an all-time high. I mean, we're a city that is cash-strapped we have a ton of money coming in. Um, in in the history of, of our city, uh, many times we don't know where that money winds up, and it becomes kind of ambiguous where it goes and, and how it's doled out. So I think, uh, you know, with um, all, all this money coming in, I, I think accountability is, is especially important um, in these times. Uh, Look, you know, follow the money. Where where does it lead to? Whose pockets? Whose whose interest? Um, and and unfortunately, um, whether that is happening or not, I mean, we we saw the uh, the questions arise from the most recent garbage contract, and so whether priority earned that in in you know the correct way and city council, or not city council, but the administration conducted it in a proper way. I, I don't know. Um, there's many questions. Uh, that, well, that talk, I you mentioned there's a lot of money coming in, uh, $47 million already received by the Flint City, uh, the city of Flint from the Biden, um, oh, what is it called, uh, Recovery Act. And, um, and, and it looks like there might be another... 40 plus million some somewhere 90 million dollars altogether if it all comes through where do you think that money should be invested or how should that money be invested in a way that would um, set flint on a on a course toward uh, sustainable as well sustainability yeah um it's it's hard to say uh and and i know this this answer is um, constant, but it's hard to say what that money can be spent on, and, and those rules, I believe, are still being hashed out. And so um, I would love to see Flint lead the way in, in technology and, and start um, becoming a smart city. Um, and, and so I would love to see investments in citywide Wi-Fi um, infrastructure, 
Um, I know that that's also a, a federal program that's in the works and, and I believe was just passed uh, to, to help that um, kind of roll out. Um, our, our infrastructure at, at large, I mean, our roads, our, our um, bridges, whatever, whatever it can be used for, I think um, we should prioritize the, ca- the categories is it, then, is it enough to make Flint more appealing to potential job creators for businesses to come in? Um, no, because we have to we have to act. I mean, you can you can have unlimited funds, and if you don't do anything with them or you don't spend them appropriately, um, then investment further investment is is hindered, and so. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest investments we need to make is in our youth um, and, and make sure that our parks are taken care of, that they have basketball courts to go play at and playgrounds to play at and um, fight the blight. I mean, uh, I'm a, I'm a uh, teacher during the day and my kids walk to the bus stop past several abandoned buildings, the vacant lots, and a blight. I mean, all the above just to get to school and and they don't deserve that they they deserve clean streets um so uh, I, I know other towns that are pristine they they fight blight on a regular basis and take it to court and people are responsible financially uh for for penalties and fines that needs to happen we need to you know bulk up our our enforcement and and actually enforce some of the laws that we have. So however that money can be spent to, to help our priorities, um, I think is, is what the city needs to do and, and do it efficiently and effectively, um, without bias. Um, and, and so I think that is the, the critical part is without bias. And, and, and so we'll, th- we'll see what happens. Do you think having activities for young people like clean parks and and basketball courts and and maybe the list can go on, um, do you think that that's part of the recipe for addressing the kind of problems we've seen at Club Sunoco and Cheers Market and some of those party store hangouts? Yeah, um, I think think it'll help. I don't think it's a cure-all. Well, that's what um, I, I think, say. Part of the recipe for yeah, I think it's certainly certainly a a piece of the puzzle that that is needed. Um, but then we also need to you know change the minds of our young people that certain things you know idle minds get to doing things that you know they shouldn't be doing, and, and they have to realize that, that that's not the way of life, or that's not the the way we should do things in society. And you know deep, they don't know any better, and and so. Um, we need programs that that help you know kind of uh strengthen that um mentality of of what is right and what is wrong and and um let it be engaging so that you know we actually get participation um and and rewarding somehow i mean that that always encourages as well um but i i think it's certainly a, a piece of the puzzle does and we've kind of covered this already steve but i the the question i have is uh, does flint have the resources it needs to get on the right path to become a comeback city or are, are we kind of rearranging deck chairs on the titanic 
I think this this money is going to to really help Flint position itself if we spend it appropriately. Um, and and for a city the size of Flint, whether we have the residents or not, um, you know, close to a hundred million dollars is it can be spent quick. And so we just have to be very careful and, and critical on how we spend it um, to, to maximize the, the effectiveness for all of our residents. I think it can certainly help us um, steer into the, to the positive trajectory that, that Flint wants to move in. Um, I just think that, uh, you know, it needs to be transparent on how it's spent and, and, um, there shouldn't be any last minute, uh, submissions, you know, for, for rush approvals or anything like that. It should be all transparent and, um, collaborative. I mean, this is a time that we really leverage our resources to maximize our benefit. And I think that, um, you know, with the right minds uh, put together, I think, I think that can happen. Well, Steve, I appreciate you sharing your thoughts with me and the listeners this morning. And I want to make sure uh, to give you an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your campaign. Um, Steve, do you have a website? Yes, I do. It's uh, betterwithbarber.com, better, B-E-T-T-E-R, with barber, B-A-R-B-E-R.com. I'm also on uh, Facebook as well. Well, Steve, thanks again, and um, I, I always applaud people who are willing to roll their sleeves up and, and give it a go. And uh, I wish you uh, good luck and, and encourage you to keep up the good work. Thanks so much for having me, Tom. Have a great day. All right. Take care. That was Steve Barber. He is a write-in candidate for a seat on the uh, Flint City Council from Ward 9, and that wraps up our uh, uh, three-part series of uh, talking one-on-one with all of the candidates for Flint City Council. And I'll be uh, back to wrap up today's show in just a moment. And we're just about out of time for today's edition of uh, the Tom Sumner Program, wrapping up our three-part series uh, going one-on-one with all of the candidates for the Flint City Council, that election just a month away. That also wraps up the week here on the Tom Sumner Program, but I'll be back Monday with another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. Thanks to all the uh, candidates for their participation in this series. I only had one who uh, canceled uh, somewhat at the last minute. That was Kate Fields over the uh, issues that she's uh, having with the council over being censored and so on. But she agreed that it was okay for me to go ahead and use her interview from when when she was on during the primary. So, in essence, uh, all of the candidates from all nine wards on and off the ballot participated in this uh, three-day series. Anyway, have a great weekend, and we'll shift gears uh, next week on the Tom Sumner Program. Good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. 
many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.